Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for those who have tuned into this week's podcast. We pray for the elimination of sex trafficking. We pray the blood of Jesus over cardiovascular disease. We ask for strength for the first responders, nurses, hospital staff, and those who have been treating COVID for the last 18 months. We pray these things in the name of the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we go about our everyday lives, how many of us are aware that we are closer to the return of Jesus Christ than ever before? Each day that passes means that the events that have been prophesied about his return are working in the background. Today, I want to discuss the second coming, also called the parousia. My friends, if you knew that Jesus was coming back tomorrow, would you act any different? Would you love people because you might not see them again, or they might not see you again? Would you treat family different? Certainly, your life would be different. Well, he may or may not come back tomorrow, but that should not stop you from changing the way you treat people. After all, he is coming back, but something has happened to us since he departed over 2,000 years ago. My Christian companions, we have become complacent. Were we ready for his return before COVID? No. Were we ready for his return during COVID? Yes. There was an awakening. COVID did not discriminate. It killed young and old, black and white, rich and poor, foreign and domestic. But everyone wants to get back to normal, and normal for some Christians is complacency. Prayers were offered up by the millions during the height of the pandemic. Now, as we debate the unvaccinated versus the vaccinated, the amount of prayers has been reduced. Back to normal. Back to life. Back to every day. Back to the sense of security that all is well, or at least all will be well soon. But Christians have been given certain tasks which do not allow us or should not allow us to become as satisfied to wait out his return. 1 Corinthians 4 verses 1 and 2 teaches, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. My brothers and sisters, when Jesus returns, will he find you faithful? We have been entrusted to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Have we witnessed to others or have we kept it to ourselves? Titus 2.13 says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Folks, are we looking for his appearing? Jesus warns us in Matthew 24 verses 36 through 44 to be ready for his return. Listen to what he says in verse 42. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. My friends, when Jesus gives you a promise, and that is, he will return, but he also gives a command to watch for his return. They are both worthy of our attention. We cannot believe his promise and ignore his warning. But you may say, preacher, we've been waiting over 2,000 years and he hasn't returned yet. And that is exactly the point. We've been lulled into a sense of satisfaction. We are satisfied that he didn't come back yesterday. He didn't come back today. And there's a good chance he won't come back tomorrow. 
But that is exactly what Jesus warned against. But he had additional warnings in Matthew 24, verses 36 and 37. First of all, I'm amazed at how many people listen to false prophets, predict the second coming, only to be disappointed when it doesn't happen. The usual rebuttal to the what happened question is a misinterpretation of the scripture. My friends, Mark 13, 32 leaves no room for error. It says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. My Christian friends, if the angels don't know, and the Son doesn't know, why would God share the date of Christ's return with a wannabe? As soon as a pretender announces the date, I immediately call them a liar. What's even more amazing is the number of suckers, I mean people, who buy into such nonsense. And so, we carry on with our daily lives, eating, drinking, marrying, just like in the days of Noah, until one day it began to rain, and the door to the ark was shut. There are many clues in the Bible that were left about his return. In fact, there are more verses which discuss the second coming than there are about his first coming. One of the best signs of his return comes from Matthew 24:14, when Jesus says, And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. My Christian comrades, even with the internet, flyers, pamphlets, radio, TV, and missionaries, the gospel has not been preached to everyone. As more and more ministries spread the good news of Jesus Christ, the day of his return draws closer and closer. Prior to his return, Jesus gives us a sequence of the last days in Matthew 24, verses 3 through 13. His disciples ask him in verse 3, What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? In verse 4, Jesus answers them with these words, Take heed that no one deceives you. Now, my Christian companions, it is sad to say that deception continues to make history as second coming predictions come and fail, resulting in embarrassment, ridicule, disappointment, suffering, and rejection. These deceivers serve only to enforce the idea that Jesus is not coming back. Verse 5 continues, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Folks, in the past 2,000 years, how many people have made the bold claim that they were the Christ? Their claim, along with their appearance, eventually leads, or will lead, to their deaths. Claiming to be Jesus is one thing. Fulfilling the rest of the prophecy is a different matter. Jesus says in verse 6, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. He continues in verse 7, For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. My friends, we have had wars off and on for 2,000 years. We have had famines that killed thousands. We currently have 4.5 million deaths worldwide from COVID, and lately there have been small earthquakes in Georgia. Jesus tells us in Matthew 24 and 8 that all these things are the beginning of sorrows. My Christian friends, are you prepared to be persecuted and delivered to death because you are a Christian? That's what Jesus says will happen in verse 9. I wonder if you were to be put on trial 
for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Verse 10 tells us that many will be offended. Is that happening now? It also says that those within the church will betray each other and hate each other. Now that certainly happens in church today. Verse 11 again warns against many false prophets. They will rise up as if we haven't seen enough of them. These false prophets will dupe those who fear that the end is near, but it is still not the end. There will come a time when lawlessness takes over society. When it does, according to Matthew 24 and 12, the warm love of many will grow cold. Lawlessness breeds an every man for himself mentality and helping each other will come to an end. I'm going to stop this week's podcast right there and pick up next week's podcast with the rest of Jesus' prophecy about his return. As prepared Christians await his return, I want to issue an invitation to those who have not given their life to Christ and as a result are unprepared for his return. Today you have time. Tomorrow you may be out of time. Would you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today? If so, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I give my life to you. Thank you for giving your life for me. I accept your invitation to heaven where I will be able to praise you forever. In the name of Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address, hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. This ministry is supported by friends like you. If you'd like to donate to us, go to greatministries.org and click on the donate button. You may also write to us at P.O. Box 1654, Lilburn, Georgia, 30048, or call us at 678-693-2204. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.